Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lenz, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 20 about the sixth commandment, thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not murder. I will tell you, we're not doing real well. But there's another level of this command that I want to talk to you about. And it's the inside-outside aspect. And it is what Calvin called the murder of the heart. You've heard the old saying, if looks could kill. (laughs) Well, sometimes you don't even need to say anything to kill someone with your body language or with a look. I will tell you, I've been in some places preaching. I'm not talking about here. Where I felt like if someone could get at me, the look they were given was that they wanted to either kill me or minimally shut me up. And I'm getting kind of used to it. But I will say this, that in our culture, something that has happened that is an epidemic is this. There's a bunch of murderers sitting at keyboards all around this country. They're called trolls. And what they desire to do is destroy and kill somebody's reputation and get them basically annihilated from the public square. Cancel them, as it's been called. And there are people all over the country who will wait for an opportunity and they will comment. And I don't know why we ever decided to make this a possibility. Comments, (laughs) right? And what do we tend to do as people? We don't look at all the positive comments. We look at the one negative comment because that's kind of how we are. But people, you know, this, is, this is now an epidemic killing people's reputations with just a few strokes of the pen or a few strokes of the keyboard because we can comment. James puts it this way. He says, from the same mouth, I will bless my God, say hallelujah, praise him, and curse man who's made in the image of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. And James says, my brethren, this should not be so. We have an accuser of the brethren. His name is Satan, accusing us day and night. God forbid that we should be adding to that among God's people. God forbid that we should, from the same mouth, be Worshiping our God one moment and condemning people, especially people who are of our same family. Oh, God, I I tell you, I start to look at my own heart and all I can say is, oh, God, forgive me. There's a story I want you to see, and it's the last story I'm going to share with you to give an illustration that's in 2 Samuel chapter 12. 2 Samuel chapter 12. There's a lot of value in turning in your Bible to the story If you can take a moment and turn there. Here's what's happened. David is a man after God's own heart. He's been anointed as the king of Israel. God has blessed him beyond what one can imagine. 2 Samuel 12. And David is walking on his roof one day and he sees this beautiful woman bathing. Her name is Bathsheba. And he calls for her. And she's married and he's told that she's married. But he calls her in. One thing leads to another and he sleeps with her. And he impregnates her. And so word comes back to David, I'm pregnant. So David goes into cover-up mode and David 
gets Uriah, the husband, who's actually on the battlefield fighting for David, and he gets him to come home. But Uriah is such a noble man that he won't be with his wife. David thinks, oh, if he comes home and he sleeps with her, then when the child comes about, nobody will know what I did. But Uriah is such an honorable man. He says something like this. My, my fellow soldiers are on the battlefield. I, I can't be with my wife right now while they're out in the battle. And so he won't be with her. David goes far so far as to get him drunk. So he'll lose his inhibition and his honor, as it were, and sleep with her. But he still doesn't. And so finally, David sends a death notice in his hands, sealed. And it goes to the commander. And basically, this is the, the note. Put Uriah at the front of the battle where it's the hottest. And when it gets hot and difficult, pull back from him. So essentially, David murders him by the sword of a foreign army. And David's gone into cover-up mode. And on the day that Nathan the prophet arrives, there are many scholars that believe it's the day that the, the baby is born from that adulterous affair, that adulterous relationship. And... So about a year has gone by. David thinks he's cleaned it all up. And the Lord, 2 Samuel 12, 1, sent Nathan to David. He came to him and said, there were two men in one city, the one rich and the other poor. You could call the story rich man, poor man. David, as the king, would be hearing cases probably all day long like his son Solomon did. The king would be like the ultimate court. So he would be used to hearing stories and cases of things that occurred and to give judgment. And so he says, the rich man had a great many flocks and herds. The poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb. Just side note, ewe lamb is actually the literal meaning of the name Bathsheba, which he brought, he bought, he paid for it and nourished it. You can think of the dowry when a husband purchases his bride in the ancient world. He nourished it. It grew up together with him, him and his children, this little ewe lamb. It would eat of his bread, drink of his cup, lie in his bosom. It was like a daughter to him. Now a traveler came to the rich man and was, he was unwilling to take from his own flock or his own herd. So to prepare for the wayfarer who had come to him, rather he took the poor man's ewe lamb and prepared it. That means he killed it and prepared it as a meal for the man who had come to him. Now, David's been listening, and David's anger burned greatly against the man. And he said to the man, I swear to God, that's how we would say it in our modern culture, I swear to God, this man deserves to die. Now, David, in his righteous indignation, has gone above and beyond the law, because the law said if you took someone's animal and it died, there was restitution to be made. But you weren't to die as a human because of that, because it was an animal. So David's so enraged at the story that he believes this guy should die for killing the little lamb, the little pet of the family. That's where he's at. He's blind to his own sin. He must make restitution for the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and had no compassion. And Nathan famously said to David, you are the man. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, he begins to prophesy. It is I who anointed you king over Israel. It is I who delivered you from the hand of Saul. I also gave you your master's house and your master's wives, the harem, into your care. I gave you the house of Israel and Judah, the United Kingdom. And if that had been too little, I would have added to you many more things like these. I wouldn't have stopped blessing you. Why have you despised the word of the Lord by doing evil in his sight? 
You have struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword. You've taken his wife to be your wife. You've killed him with the sword of the sons of Ammon. Now, therefore, the sword shall never depart from your house. Because you have despised me and have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife, thus says the Lord. Behold, I will raise up evil against you from your own household. I will even take your wives before your eyes and give them to your companion. And he will lie with your wives in broad daylight. Indeed, you did it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and under the sun. And David, devastated, said to Nathan, I've sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, the Lord also has taken away your sin. You shall not die. Now he deserved to die. That was the law of God, death for causing the death of another, the unlawful death of another, but God was merciful to David. And David in Psalm 51, turn over there, because it's a beautiful expression in the light of this scene, what happens to David's heart. How could a man of God, after God's own heart, turn and, and, and live in darkness like this? But it doesn't take much to, to walk that out, does it? Because I can see my own heart. I can see how one moment I can be in love with God and a worshiper of God. And all of a sudden my attitudes and my inward heart can turn dark. It doesn't take long. And David, in the light of that confrontation, cried out, Psalm 51, one, be gracious to me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the greatness of your compassion, what I lacked, you have blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions. My sin is ever before me. Can you imagine, David, how many sleepless nights he must have had after this? Against you and you only, Psalm 51, 4, I have sinned, I've done what's evil in your sight so that you are justified when you speak and blameless when you judge. Skip down to verse 7. He cries, purify me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness. Let the bones which you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins. Blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart. I want to start over, O God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Don't cast away, cast me away from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Sustain me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors And that's what David had become. He transgressed the law. Then I will teach others, transgressors, your ways. Sinners will be converted to you. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, the God of my salvation. Then my tongue will joyfully sing of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips that I may declare your praise. For you do not delight in sacrifice. Otherwise, I would give it. You're not pleased with the burnt offering. There's not something religious I can do. Here's what you want. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. That's David, the man after God's own heart. And the question becomes, what's the answer? What did Jesus say about this? Let's go to one more passage, Matthew chapter five. This is the famous Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus is gonna talk about murder of the heart. This is where Calvin gets it. He's going to talk about what really matters to God is not just the outward actions, but the inward. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. If you listen to Walk in Truth on a regular basis, we could use your help by becoming a monthly financial partner. Our mission on Walk in Truth is to help people like you become better equipped with God's Word to address today's issues, trends, and culture. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast, and with other monthly expenses. Our fiscal year ends March 31st, and thanks to many listeners like you, we're getting closer to our goal of having 50% of our budget supported. What we really need is more monthly partners so that when we reach that goal, the program will be sustained in the months and maybe even years to come by at least that much. Our ultimate goal is to eventually become 100% listener-supported and then have the ability to broadcast on more radio stations to reach more people like you. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner, giving $10 to $20 a month. You can give online today at walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH or visit walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. That's David, the man after God's own heart. And the question becomes, what's the answer? What did Jesus say about this? Let's go to one more passage, Matthew chapter 5. This is the famous Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus is going to talk about murder of the heart. This is where Calvin gets it. He's going to talk about what really matters to God is not just the outward actions, but the inward. And here's what it says. Matthew 5. Let's start at verse 17. Don't think I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, Matthew 5, 17, but to fulfill. Skip down to verse 20. I say to you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that the ancients were told, and they spent a lot of time on commentaries from the rabbis about the commands. You heard that they were told you shall not commit murder. Whoever commits murder shall be liable to the court. Actually, the word of God said they should die. But this was their commentary on the commandments. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be guilty before the court. Whoever says to his brother, you good for nothing, shall be guilty before the Supreme Court. And whoever says, you fool, shall be guilty enough to go into the fiery hell. And all God's people said, wow. And here's what Jesus is basically saying. You religious leaders believe that you're right in God's eyes because you can impress people with the greetings in the marketplace and the the right clothing that you wear. And you can go before the altar and say, I fast twice a week. At least I'm not like this other clown over here. I fast twice a week. I give alms. I, I do this and I do that. But you walk away condemned because God knows your heart. And some of this language here is the idea that with the mouth, we could say that person is an idiot. That person is fool, a fool. That, I wish that person would die. That person's good for nothing. Watch 15 minutes of the news. I condemn 15 people in 15 minutes. 
Here's usually what happens. That person's an idiot. What a fool. And I think I'm right. But I don't know that I'm justified in God's sight. That's not to mention the other times when we might criticize a family member. Sorry. Maybe that's what we all needed. (laughs) We might criticize a family member in the kingdom of God or a family member in our own family. Or we might do it to the one that we're supposed to love the most. And I tell you what, I started studying this week and I, I was like, yeah, I know the sixth commandment. Yeah, I've looked at the original language. Yeah, pulled out some stories of murder. And then I started looking at Jesus's words. And then I read an author who said, I'm a murderer. I'm a murderer because I've often hated even people in the kingdom. Maybe for a moment, maybe I justified it. Maybe I, I, I t- thought I'm on the high ground because I got it all figured out. No. No. So the question becomes, when the law of God exposes me, what do I do? I need a savior. And that's why the law is a schoolmaster to drive me to Jesus. Because if he kept a record of my sin in my heart, and we're just talking about one of the commandments here. We'll talk about more next week. Hope you come back. (laughs) I need a savior. And on the cross, Jesus Christ died for murderers like the Apostle Paul and David. He died for thieves and robbers and adulterers. He was treated on the cross as though he had committed my sin and your sin. Not just the outward actions, but the sins of the heart and the sins of the attitude and the sins of the mouth and the the sins of nonverbal communication. He took it all. On the cross, he was treated as though he were guilty, yet completely innocent. This is the good news of the gospel, amen? This is why we need him so desperately, and this is why I need his Holy Spirit to change me from the inside out. This is why you should read Galatians where it says, you know, uh, one of the works of the flesh in the New King James is murders and envies and strife and dissension and all this ugly stuff. And it's like, well, Lord, what do we do with that? What do I do with those inner attitudes that nobody can see? And it says, crucify him. Let your life walk in the spirit and you will not carry out the lust of the flesh. And the lust of the flesh is not just lust. It's all these things. It's all these attitudes. It's all of this, I'm up here looking down on everybody else until when the law reveals your heart, all you can do is join other people at the foot of the cross. Amen? And when you proclaim it, you can tell other sinners where to find hope and find living bread. You've been listening to The Sixth Commandment, Thou Shall Not Kill, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. That was Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus chapter 20. If you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more podcast apps. Subscribe for free to hear Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. 
And would you please do us a favor and encourage a friend or family member to listen to Walk in Truth on this station? The same if you're listening to the podcast, please click the share button. If Pastor Michael's teachings have been a blessing to you, then our hope is they'll do the same for someone else you care about. Thanks so much for spreading the word about Walk in Truth. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, when Jesus talked about the sixth commandment, thou shalt not murder, you know, he he took it deeper and he talked about hate. And John in 1 John, a New Testament book, says that anyone who hates his brother is a murderer and no murderer has eternal life abiding in them. Those are some stern words. And they make us search our heart. You know, the, the word of God is living and active and it's a searchlight. It says to us, don't play a game. Don't be phony. Um, and, and you might say, well, okay, I know I'm supposed to love my brother or sister, but I've had an issue with a person in church or a Christian, Christian business person with a fish on their business card. And man, I have some bitterness in my heart. Maybe your spouse is a Christian and you have a root of bitterness in your heart towards them. In fact, you might say it borders on hate. Oh, what do I do now? I mean, if that's honestly where you're at and, and it may be, does that mean I'm not a believer? No, not necessarily. But what it means is that you're going to have to deal with that root, whatever's been the cause. And that may be repentance from sin. It may be that you need to get some counseling if you're uh, thinking about your spouse. It may be that you need to go reconcile with a brother or sister and forgive them as you've been forgiven in Christ because it's just eating you up. And of course, the warning is there for a reason because as a believer, we want love to dominate us. And love doesn't mean you just have a sappy feeling. It means that you do the best you can to biblically love a person, uh, which could include a need to reconcile with, you know, having an eye to eye, face to face kind of meeting. And that's okay too. That, that can be a loving thing to do. So, um, if you have something like that going on, I, I pray that you would go deal with it as best you can with God's wisdom. Remember, we, we do what we can to live at peace with all people, but sometimes the other person is not willing. And if they're not willing, then we just do our best to forgive them in God's sight and uh, do what we can to move forward. So I hope that's helpful as we conclude a teaching on the sixth commandment. It does cause us to search our hearts, and that's the depth of the law. Well, I want to take a moment to thank our Walk in Truth partners. Um, we have been trying to hit a 50% goal of listener funding. We're still several thousand dollars short. In fact, $14,000 short of that goal. But we've come a long way. And I want to celebrate what has happened because um, many of you have been praying for us. You've been partnering. Some of you have given one-time gifts. And we have many new Walk in Truth partners. Let me Name a few, give some shout outs because uh, it's been excellent to see what's going on. Jose, listening in Los Angeles, uh, became a $5 a month Walk in Truth partner. Every little bit helps, five, fifty, twenty-five, whatever. Paige became a $30 a month uh, Walk in Truth partner. Robert from Thousand Oaks, uh, $15 a month. And Janice from Calabasas, giving $25 a month for each of you. Uh, I wanted to speak your names because it means a lot to us. 
And uh, we're grateful for all of our partners, whether we've named you on the air or not. It means a lot to us. Um, it's helping us not only hit the goal of putting less of a burden on our home fellowship, which uh, makes up all the difference in the overall radio budget, but it also gives us the hope and the the idea that we can expand. You see, we we do have many other radio markets that we'd like to expand in, but we do need the funds. Uh, the bulk of uh, you know what what comes into the ministry is just paying radio bill, and so that's what we were trying to do. And uh, hey, if you believe in the ministry and you you would say amen to the teaching, you're getting a lot out of it. You want more people to hear it. Go to walkintruth.com and click on the donate button. Just know something. I, I don't enjoy spending a ton of time on this, but this is just the reality. So let me say it one more time. Walkintruth.com, clicking on the donate button, becoming a partner. You know, it is a privilege to give. And when you give, it does make a statement about your belief in the ministry to us. For all of you who pray for us, all of you have been giving for a number of years. We appreciate it because we are on the front lines uh, fighting the good fight, but we're not fighting alone. We have the Lord, most importantly, but it's good to be standing with you as well and teaching the Word of God on the airwaves and through podcasting in many different countries. It's been humbling and amazing to see what God's doing, and we look forward to being with you tomorrow as we deal with commandment number seven. Lord willing, we'll see you right here. God bless. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 20 about the seventh commandment, thou shalt not commit adultery. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.